0: head to patreon.com slash chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: It felt like the weight of the world had one been dropped off my shoulders, and two, it really shifted me from a place of using food as a tool to get my body to a certain place to using my tool, food as a tool to meet my body where it was and take like, exquisite care of it.
0: Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a supermom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, Kristen Dovniak back for another episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Today I have a fantastic guest on with me. I am so excited to share with you. I'm pretty sure most of you are going to know who this guest is, but Danny Spees is a health, wellness, and weight loss coach and the founder of Clean and Delicious, a weekly cooking show on YouTube where she teaches her community how to eat well, cook more, stop dieting, and create a healthy relationship with their food and body. Danny is known for her easy, approachable style in the kitchen and her unique ability to inspire and encourage her community each step of the way. So I have been following Danny for a number of years now, and I've made a ton of her recipes from YouTube. I really appreciate her balanced approach to food, and I was so excited to have her on to share more about how she got started with Clean and Delicious and doing what she does on YouTube and sharing nourishing recipes, but really from a balanced, um, intuitive approach. And she, she shares about her balanced approach to food, why um, we need to stop controlling our bodies and instead focusing on how we feel. We talk about helping women eat well, cook more, and stop dieting, and how to have a healthier mindset around food, as well as digging into some easy breakfast and meal prep options for kids as it is back to school time. And as a mom herself, she has some fabulous ideas for how to really simplify food and cooking and making eating real whole food less daunting. So I'm so excited to dig into this interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with Danny Spees. So hi Danny, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: So excited to have you on. So I'm sure I have already shared in the intro that I have actually been following you on YouTube for so long now, probably, oh gosh, I don't even know how long you've been on YouTube, but I feel like it's been since before my daughter was born and she's five. So
1: (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. It's been a long time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I already shared your bio, so I just I already gave some of it away. But I would love if you could just share your story about how you got started with Clean and Delicious and doing what you're doing on YouTube, creating and sharing recipes and healthy living tips.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, honestly, YouTube for me was sort of like a, a um like a happy mistake, if you will, because I never really started YouTube with the intention of like creating a YouTube channel. Um, it started a long time ago, like a long time ago, almost 10 years ago when, um, I had actually tried out for the food, next Food Network Star. This was like when it was its very first. Oh, that's so cool. first, I know. It was like its very first um, season. And I ended up being a semifinalist, which meant nothing, but it was very <laughs> exciting to me. So so two things were kind of happening at the same time. I was kind of like, oh, this was fun, and I like doing that food video thing. And my husband was like, maybe we could do something with these videos. And I was also coaching at the time, working one-on-one with clients, and a lot of my clients Wanted to eat better, and were willing to get in the kitchen, but really just weren't, they weren't familiar with ingredients and weren't comfortable. And so we were like, oh, let's start making videos for them. So instead of telling everybody separately, we can kind of do these these how-to videos, and we'll post them on YouTube. And it, it was kind of like fulfilling two desires of mine at the same time. I got to do the cooking food videos, and while I was working with the clients, but I never really thought of YouTube as being its own business um, for many years. It was just kind of like a place where my videos lived
0: well I think 10 years ago it wasn't as big as it is now and you know I think you know the the people have been on there for a while and created like you and created this incredible community now it is so big and it's this uh this big community now and I think you I think you do a great job of of really creating a community it's not just a place where you share your videos but I think you know, people come to you because you have this awesome experience in the kitchen and with nutrition and food um, and healthy living. Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to talk about your approach to food because it, it is so balanced and I love it so much because you obviously love and enjoy food and which mm. I have a culinary background so I do too yes <laughs> but you I also love, love and enjoy health and that is also where I'm uh, where I'm at I'm a holistic nutritionist and an intuitive eating counselor but I love food and I think that's one of the reasons I connect so so much with you
1: can you that. share
0: how you found that balance um, and why you don't subscribe to any particular diet and and kind of your balanced approach to food.
1: Sure. Well, I think they kind of go hand in hand in many ways. I feel like a healthy, balanced relationship with food is kind of rooted in, like, love and respect for food. Mm. Um, and, and, and all that food is, right? Like, not only that it tastes delicious and that it nourishes us, but how it brings people together in the community. And, um all of the different layers, right, that food has to offer in our life. So I feel that honestly, in a lot of ways, my balance came from trying out every diet under the sun for many Mm -hmm. years, and then getting really honest with myself about what I was really truly willing to do, and what I really wanted my relationship with food to be, right, so um, I think that's kind of how I've come to where I am today, which feels like a really nice, natural, effortless space with food.
0: I love that. I think it's one of those things where it it probably feels effortless to you right now, but I'm sure that there is there's is so much more to to your journey. And I, I love that you came to this space of of loving and you know revering food rather than you know. I think a lot of women come to food with this. Sort of like a fear of enjoying food because Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're afraid if they enjoy food, they won't be able to stop eating it. Or that if they want to be healthy, then they have to, you know, restrict their food and and not eat foods that they enjoy. And one of the things I I love that you share um, on Instagram, your mission says to help women eat well, cook more, and stop dieting. Mm. So you mentioned, you know, not dieting, but really loving food and appreciating food. So, what is your advice to the woman who wants to start a journey, living healthier and cooking more and eating mm-hmm. well, but wanting to do it from that place of balance? So she is in the place where you are now, where it where it feels easy and effortless.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's I'm, it is. It's like a catch twenty two, and I know that space, the whole journey very well. I think. I feel like the very first step for anybody creating a healthy relationship with food is that we first have to be willing to accept our bodies where they are. And mm. I say that because I think so much of what drives unhealthy relationships with food is that we use food as a tool to create a certain type of luck, right? And so mm. so we are not really focusing on food and nourishment and pleasure and enjoyment and community and all of the things that food has to offer. We're more like hyper focused on creating a specific type of body that society has sold us, um, is going to create the happiness and the end game. And so I feel like surrendering the need to manipulate your body to a certain degree, um, is kind of like home base, like saying, okay, like I've told this story before on my, you know, on both of my, all of my platforms, but, um, Really, truly, I was I was a dieter for so many years. And even though I was slowly unraveling that for myself, even as I was health coaching and going through my own studies, really, it I didn't really truly give up dieting until I got pregnant with my first daughter, with my first child. And I realized that um, it was the first time in my life that I felt like I had permission to be in the body I was in, right? Because mm-hmm. like we were supposed to be bigger. We were supposed to get... Thicker. We were supposed to grow. Like it was, oh, I felt like it was okay to be in my body. So for the first time, instead of me trying to manipulate food to try to get my body to look a certain way, I felt like, ooh, I just got to take really good care of my body. Like I just have to take really good care of me and my baby. And it was a total shift for me because I was like, whoa, it felt like the weight of the world had one been dropped off my shoulders. And two, it really shifted me from a place of, using food as a tool to get my body to a certain place to using my tool, food as a tool to meet my body where it was and take like exquisite care of it.
0: I love that. That is so powerful. And I I think that I'm sure so many women can resonate with that because, you know, most of my listeners are moms. And Mm -hmm. It is such an such an incredible and I think humbling experience to be pregnant and to watch your body grow, but knowing that you know this is just what it's got to do to produce this beautiful baby at the end, and I love that you you took that time of pregnancy to to really um, I guess in. in enjoy the process of your body changing rather than, than feeling like you needed to, to change it because you can at that point, right? You're, you're you growing can't. a baby. Yeah. No, and
1: that's just it. And I think, you know, for me and where I was at, that was like a gift to me, the realization that yeah. like this is, this, is, this is not for you to control. Right. And I think that we can take that advice into our regular lives when we're not pregnant. Like we're not really supposed to be controlling, you know, every inch of our body and how it looks. We're supposed to be making our bodies feel good. Right, and so that's what I try, like when you think of like someone who's at the beginning of a journey, I think, you know focus on each day and making decisions that make you feel good because feeling good day after day after day, that builds momentum and then weight and physical appearance and things like that, they all kind of become a byproduct to feeling good right? And that doesn't mean just because you feel good, you're going to be a size four. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I do think is that we think being a size four is going to make us feel good, right? But it's kind of like the reversal. It's like show up and feel good and then let your body land where it lands. Absolutely. Oh, I love
0: that. I really, really hope the woman listening really hangs Mm -hmm. on to that. And And listens to that because I I think that, yeah, the society that we're in, I could go on and on about that, really makes us feel like we have to fit into this certain mold and that is our goal rather than the goal of feeling good and, and i do i agree fully yeah that. it builds upon itself um or your habits build upon themselves when you are simply focusing on how can i make my body feel good and it will fall into this place i think someone so many women are afraid to let go of that control um and just allow their bodies to be but when they do it's it's and we're focusing on how we feel yeah our bodies do fall into place that's so beautiful
1: they do and and i think it is important to note like just because they fall into place does not mean they fall into the perfect body. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right? It's like in that, that knowing that like we give way too much power and way too much credence to the idea of like what a perfect body brings to us. Like it doesn't bring us anything <laughs> other than a certain luck. Um, right. And so it's, and that's, again, why I think uh, such a big part of the process of having a healthy relationship with food is kind of ceasing fire on your body.
0: Yes, totally. I think that's, that's so, so important. Because like you said, until we do that, we can't really, we can't really develop that that healthy relationship with food, because like you said, like (laughs) just having that body isn't going to do anything for us. We have to actually feel, feel good in that body. If we're suffering to be in that body, well, then we're not going to be actually enjoying our lives. And especially as moms where we have so many things vying Mm -mm. for our attention, we need to feel good and we need to have energy. And if we're constantly, you know, trying to control our food and control our bodies. That's almost impossible.
1: (laughs) It's so true.
0: So I want to dig a little bit more into this mindset piece um, because that is one of the things I love. You create these incredible recipes and you share these incredible healthy living tips on your uh, YouTube channel and on Instagram, but you also do these Q&As often and they are so powerful. And one of the things you said that really stuck to me um, was that how we think about the food we eat is often more problematic than the food itself. Mm, Can yeah. you dig into this a little bit more and the power of a healthy mindset around food?
1: Yes, yes, I, I would love to. So, you know, when I think of health and I think of wellness, right, I, I think of it think of it as like a circle, like a pie, like a pizza pie, right? And there are so many different things that feed um, our bodies into a healthy space and yet all most people want to focus on is what's on the plate right we think that that's the only thing that creates health when it really is you know what are you listening to what are you reading who are you spending your time with you know how are you finding play and pleasure uh, do you have a connection to something greater in your life I mean there's so many different levels of nourishment in our life it's not only what's on our plate but we get very minutiae very focused on the food and then I feel like we get so needy to control everything that is going into our body. And so when that happens, you know, we stress over, did I eat too many carbs today? Oh my God, I ate sugar. Oh my gosh, there was white flour in that, right? And we have all of these thoughts that create stress in the body. So even if you are eating something that maybe doesn't have a ton of nutrients or doesn't have a ton of antioxidants or vitamins or minerals in it, if you were to just eat it, enjoy it, receive the pleasure that it's there to give you. Because I always say if the food isn't giving you some type of fuel or, or, um, uh, nutrient dense nourishment, uh, then, then it's really there for pleasure. And so the worst thing we can do is not receive the pleasure that it's there to offer. Right. So eating a we're not eating a donut, like to be our, like, what's the word I'm looking for? We don't eat a donut for the vitamins and minerals in it, right? But we eat a donut because it tastes good. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that when you eat the donut that you receive the nourishment that a donut has to offer you. And that nourishment is called pleasure, right? The pleasure of eating that donut. But we block ourselves from the experience because we get caught up in our minds judging and critiquing and thinking we should do this better or eat less of that or more of this. And I feel like what happens at the end of the day is the toxic thinking creates a level of stress in the body that would be a lot more toxic or harmful to the body than just eating the donut and moving on.
0: Oh, yes, it makes so much sense. I I love that. And that is why I wanted you to share more about that, because I think that that is, is so powerful. I love that you shared that, you know, even even donuts have, you know, nutrients in them, but it is the nutrient of pleasure, because yes. food is so much more than just the nutrients. And I think so many moms that, that come to me um, and come to, you know, this space of of wanting to live a healthier life do get so focused on those nutrients and like what you know, what is the healthiest possible thing I can eat? But if we never allow ourselves pleasure, then it's impossible to find a balance because we end up swinging from from one side yes. to the other. And I, I think you present a really, a really beautiful um, place of balance when it comes to food. And, and, you know, sharing these, you know, really simple ways to create delicious, healthy recipes, but also like, hey, tonight my family's gonna have pizza and it's no big deal. I love right. that.
1: Yeah, and I think too, it's like a lot of times too, that thinking, that like self-critical toxic thinking often drives overeating, right? Mm-hmm. Because that drives the all or nothing mentality that drives the, oh, well, I ate, I already ate something bad. So I might as well eat all the bad things today or, you know, and, and that sends, can send someone into like a downward spiral, which could last, you know, a day, a week, a month for some people before they kind of go, okay, now I'm going to quote unquote eat healthy again. Right. Whereas if you just left your mind out of it, <laughs> you would just keep moving. You would just keep moving forward.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We end up swinging to extremes rather than than finding this this kind of middle Mm -hmm. ground. Yeah. Which, you know, like we talked about before, it can it can sound easier, easier said than done. But I think a lot of it is just focusing on that mindset, letting go of the control over our bodies, the control over our food and focusing on on how we feel and, and having that drive the choices that we make around food, and sometimes the choice is the donut, and sometimes the choice is, you know, the, yes. the healthy, you know, salad or whatever. Salad's always the healthy example, but there's so many more healthy foods than salad. I know. <laughs> oh, I, cool. I appreciate that so much. That's that's so great, and I think that. Having a healthy mindset around food as as moms is, is so important to pass on to, to our kids, too, because, I mean, we are their first example of how we react around food. And if we are only allowing, you know, the healthiest foods, I mean, we can still have them cook with us in the kitchen and, and, and you know, and enjoy being in the process of creating healthier foods. But if we never show them the, the pleasure of enjoying all types of foods, then it's hard for them to have that balance, too. So I think they can be yeah. really, really powerful powerful
1: that's such a good point so true
0: so on that note I actually I wanted to switch gears a little bit and chat about kids and families um you have two adorable kiddos and your daughter is so adorable she is your mini you I'm sure everyone tells you that (laughs) but I love whenever she pops up on on Instagram because or I think she's been on your she's been on your channel too yeah she does both yeah yeah it's that's so fun
1: (laughs) that's awesome
0: so I am wondering what your tips are as a mom um, and a health coach, and someone who you know shares all these delicious, healthy recipes in encouraging kids to enjoy more real, whole foods.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the few things I would say the uh, the very first one. It's so cliche, but it's so true. It's just you know, it's it's what you create the home base to be. It's what they're seeing most of the time. Um, they're, that's really what is going to create their base. You know, if you have fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains, and you know, if you're eating a base healthy diet, that's just going to be what's normal to your children. And I think, again, it doesn't have to be something that's over talked about and over like beat into them. They just, it's just, this is just the way food is. That's kind of the way I try to think about it with my kids. It's just, this is like what food looks like. Um, and so it's kind of normal to them. They don't think twice about eating a salad or eating some veggies or having fruit as a snack because that's just what's around. Um, So I think that's a a really big part of it. It's just basically the way any parent thinks about and approaches food, that's gonna be the very first example for your kids and that's gonna decide what's normal and not normal to them because they're just really gonna get that from us. Um, A a couple other things I think are really helpful is getting them in the kitchen like on any level that you can. We have like a small garden on our deck And it makes – I notice it makes such a big difference. Like they love picking the fruits and the – not fruits really, all vegetables. They pick the the vegetables and they love bringing them in the house and trying to find ways to use them or to taste them. And so they get excited about that. Um, And another really easy way to get kids involved, especially when they're younger and and you don't necessarily want them in the kitchen with you, um, is – doing things at dinner like um, like a taco bar, right, or a salad mm. bar. So where you have a base meal that everybody's eating, but there's a handful of things that they get to control on their plate. Like they get to choose if they want to add cheese or they don't, or if they want to add lettuce or they don't. It gives them a sense of being involved, and I think that that gets them excited about food.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. That's actually something that we've tried to employ a little bit more in our family over the last year or so. I love um, Ellen Satter's work. She Mm -hmm. wrote um, Secrets of Feeding a Healthy Family, and and she has some, some similar tips in, like, Um, having the kids serve themselves at meals so they they develop that autonomy and they can make their own choices and and not freaking out if sometimes they never choose the vegetable but also you know getting excited when sometimes they take extra servings of broccoli you know so I love that and that's something we've definitely um trying to instill more and my kids are are five and almost two and the five-year-old loves vegetables and she's always been a vegetable lover and she eats pretty much anything like every so often there will be something like she's decided she doesn't like cheese now which to Mm. me I don't I don't even understand but my (laughs) but my youngest um she's a lot pickier but what we try and do is yeah we try and do things like we um it's summertime now so we like doing like make your own salads and so we'll have all different vegetables and a couple different proteins and cheese and dressings and things and they can create their own. I think that's that's such great advice to allowing the kids some opportunity to, to create themselves. And I love um that you also have your kids um pick out some of their own vegetables. We have a little herb garden that um my daughter's name is Sage and she obviously we have sage in our herb garden and that's one of the Aww. things that she loves to do is every dinner time it's mommy what kind of herb do we what kind of herb do we need for dinner? You need me to go pick some herbs. We'll go That's pick some herbs. So, I love that. <laughs> so she's That's helped me so create cute. some meals with her own her own herbs, and and she'll go and she'll eat them. She will like grab a handful of parsley yeah. and snack on it like it's like a cracker or something, which is That's so awesome. fun.
1: <laughs> that that is I that, I do think that it does it's it becomes normal to them right? They're just in the garden. They're around real food. They're it's 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 fun. It's like food is fun. So when they have the opportunity to to do that, it just kind of becomes infused into them. And and you know, too, I I just had another thought to speaking of like the mentality. um, Sometimes I think like you can, I know I, I can still get triggered around food. Like if we're, you know, like when summer kicked off and we were at this barbecue and that barbecue and at the pool and, you know, they're eating pizza and then they're having burgers and they're having hot dogs. And I'm like, oh my God, it's been like two days since we've eaten anything. And I can feel like all of a sudden I'll start to feel my anxiety. Like, oh my God, oh my God, we have to like eat out, Like, and and I think to myself like, okay, do not project your crazy (laughs) onto your kids. Don't do it because they are fine. And they are going to, you're going to be balanced in a half a day or a day or in two days, it's going to be fine. You know, so a little bit as the parent catching yourself and taking responsibility of our own crazy Mm -hmm. and then not projecting that onto our kids' um, just natural rhythms.
0: Yeah, totally. And I I think a lot of us, I know that I, I get into the same sort of, you know, spiral in my head sometimes too, where we want to, we want our kids to be nourished and we want to see them eating vegetables and we want to see them eating healthy foods. But there are seasons, there are weekends, there are, mm-hmm. you know, I remember, I know this year, 4th of July weekend, 4th of July was on a Thursday. So it was like 4th of July, we had 4th of July events. And then Friday, uh, the Friday we had a, um, a friend's barbecue and the Saturday we went away and the Sunday we got takeout and I, I was feeling the same way. I was going, oh gosh, like my kids have eaten nothing but like, you know, carbs mm-hmm. and burgers for four days. But it, we do self-regulate, like kids know how to self-regulate and we just kind of have to allow it. And then if it's normal, then it is it is something where we just go back to our normal food and they'll eat it again. And, and we will too. And I think that's a good reminder for for the mom too, that even though, you know, we have all this knowledge and we can get a little bit crazy about things in our heads not projecting it but also reminding ourselves that we'll go back to it we will get back into our routine because when you've developed that routine it's a lot easier to get back into it
1: yes i totally could not agree more
0: So when this podcast is released, it is going to be back to school time. So Ah. I wanted to see if you could share your best tips for easier school mornings in the breakfast department, especially Mm. Uh, maybe some favorite quick grab and go recipes, any of your breakfast tips. And I will tell you that this is um, a little bit of my own question because my my oldest is going to kindergarten this year. So this will be our first experience going back to school. But I figured other moms could benefit, too.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. So exciting um well the first thing i think is to i mean i could definitely name and i will name a few easy breakfasts to go to but i think what's important is that that you as a as a family or as a, you know with yourself and your child you choose two or three breakfasts that you know your child enjoys you know that it's easy for you to make, and that you can have the ingredients on hand, so that in the morning, like we don't, you don't get decision overwhelm. So that mm-hmm. it's like, would you like eggs? Would you like oatmeal, or would you like a smoothie? Right? And you know that okay, if I make a smoothie, I, you know I'm just gonna pull up the blender, and this is the smoothie we like to make, or I'm gonna make some scrambled eggs and pop in a p- some toast and give them some fresh fruit. It takes five minutes, or I'm gonna whip up a bowl of oatmeal, again five minutes, and you're comfortable making all those things, and you know. But these are foods that the kids like. And I think being able to give them options and like a little bit of variety, but within a parameter, yes. um, so that it doesn't feel like, you know, you're in the morning, like, Oh my God, like what, you know, I don't, can't even, what's even a breakfast option, you know? Mm-hmm. So really just getting clear on two or three, keeping it really simple breakfast that you know that you enjoy or that your child enjoys that you can comfortably make in a reasonable amount of time in the morning. I think kind of just having that mental preparation is more than half the battle. Um, And then when you're comfortable doing that, then of course after a few weeks you can switch it up a little bit, you know, and and play with different ideas. Um, But some of the favorites in our house are just like I just said, morning smoothies, which, I mean, my go-to smoothie for my kids is always um, half of a frozen banana with whatever type of frozen berries like they choose that day, a big handful of baby spinach that's pre-washed, I always have that in refrigerator. I usually put like half a scoop of protein powder in their smoothies and then some almond milk. It's like the world's fastest smoothie and then if they want mm. chocolate, we add cocoa powder. You know, if they want it to be strawberry, we'll use frozen strawberries. But we kind of always base it off of that, the banana, the almond milk and the spinach and then kind of build from there.
0: I love that. It's so simple. I, I love so your so. mindset around mornings because I think it can be, like you said, really overwhelming to be like, oh gosh, I have to feed them before they go to school every morning. and We want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're nourishing our kids, but mornings can be crazy. And having those options, I love that advice. I think that's great. I think that that'll be really helpful for the mom listening who feels overwhelmed by breakfast time.
1: And you can even write them on the, you know, hang them on the fridge and write them. So even if you are having a morning where you feel like you're scattered, you can just look at it and be like, Oh yeah, these are the options. Mm -hmm. Um, And just keep it really easy for yourself. And
0: then you can add them to your grocery list, too. That's one of the things I love recommending to moms. They're like, what are the things that you know that you're going to need every single week? Have that as the start to your grocery list every single week. So if you're making those smoothies, you make sure that you've always got bananas and berries and almond milk and spinach. So you're not like, oh... This is on my option list, except we don't have any of the ingredients on hand. If you're buying them consistently, if you have those as your go-tos, you've always got eggs and toast, and you've always got spinach and berries, so...
1: Yes, exactly. And I think keeping like really keep, I think sometimes especially in today's day and age with like all of the information out there and everything we're taking in all the time, like everybody thinks we all have to have these pinterest lives. <laughs> and I think that there's something to be I mean, I really do think whenever you're doing anything long term and sustainably, it it's usually very simple doable things.
0: Yes, yeah, it is. It's all about getting back to those basics in food or, yeah, in any area, and really simplifying things makes life so much easier.
1: <laughs> hmm
0: 100%. So... On the same um, in the same vein as simplifying things, I wanted to dig in a little bit to meal prepping. so my listeners know that I love to meal prep, and I share kind of my own you know meal prep methods, but I love to learn new and different methods because we can always improve upon them and ways to you know just simplify living a healthy life and and making these you know nourishing meals work for our family and i love your six to start approach like hashtag six to start right yeah so i'm wondering <laughs> okay. if you could just explain it a little bit how you came up with it um and hopefully listeners will hop over to youtube and watch your videos
1: yeah absolutely so i i like yourself i i love meal prepping i've been meal prepping four years well before i had kids and my daughter's 10 now um, i just always i loved like going to the grocery store, coming home, having all my things ready to go. like I just loved that feeling, I loved the process, I loved the freedom that it gave me during the week. Um, But after having kids, I felt like it did get trickier because it wasn't just as simple as me going, you know, I'm gonna make some turkey burgers and you know, whatever, and leave it in the fridge because this one wants one thing and somebody wants something else and there's different tastes and desires going on all the time. And so playing with it, meal prep over the years, I was like, my brain just started to think, hmm, okay, how can I simplify this for myself? And I kind of just started to break it down mentally into categories, right? So my six to start, it's the idea is, is that you're creating, um, you're prepping six meals slash ingredients to have ready in your fridge to go as a head start ingredient for the week, right? And so the way I break it down is I choose two veggie preparations, two dishes that are rich in protein, One that is a starch or like a smart carbohydrate, like I call it. Um, And then the last one would be either a sweet treat or smart start, Um, meaning some type of like cookie or bar or um, overnight oats, something that you can have ready to go in the mornings. And so that really started as a way for me to kind of mentally organize what I could prep for the family during the week that could be more versatile since once the week got going. So, for instance, like if one of those protein dishes is say a big pot of like turkey bolognese, we have that as the base, but then everybody can take it in different directions, right? Like if I want to put it over some greens, I can put it over greens. If my kids want it over pasta, they can put it over pasta. But all of those, um, the main meal part, it's done and ready to go so that what I actually have to do during the week is very quick and easy
0: simplifies things so much because I know that evenings can be crazy, especially as kids start getting older. Oh, yes. I thought like the oh, earlier yeah. years of having kids was more complicated and as my daughter's gotten older and she's in like three different activities in the afternoon and I'm like, oh no, yeah. dinner is harder. It's <laughs> I, crazy. And then
1: I, when they get older, cause this was like oh crazy for me, it's like when their activities like start at seven or seven 30 and you're like, what? yeah, it's bedtime. time. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it is, it starts to get crazy. And not only do the activities get crazy, but as you will see their exposure other food Mm. also makes feeding them harder because then all of a sudden they come home and they're like mom can you pack me lunchables and you're like what how (laughs) do you know about lunchables
0: (laughs) Yes, no, totally. And I think that's that comes back to your point of having, you know, your home base be where those, you know, real whole foods are and knowing that they're going to be exposed to other foods out and about and they're probably going to eat things that maybe you wouldn't serve at home, but that's okay because there's that, there's that balance in that. But it's also your choice whether or not to serve them Lunchables. Right, <laughs> no judgment exactly. anyone who serves their kids Lunchables, but... No <laughs> judgment at all. None yeah. at all. Um, so I'm curious then. I know you just mentioned one I love the idea of the you know having like the bolognese sauce and being able to use that for the whole family but in different preparations so giving your kids some of that you know autonomy there and, and choosing what they want but also you know eating what serves you too I'm curious about what your meal prep essentials are so what are some of your like go-to six to start ingredients what is always in your fridge
1: so so some of my ingredients I always have in the fridge, whether I'm doing the six to start or not, like always, always, I always have some type of sprouted or whole grain bread, um, nut butters, because that I would say like sprouted bread with nut butter is probably one of the meals we make most often in this house. It just takes two minutes and everybody loves it in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are always on hand. I always have eggs. I almost always have hard boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have a big bin of pre-washed greens, like pre-washed spinach, pre-washed arugula, um, ready to go. I buy them that way, so I don't have to do it. My, oh, and then I always have my, I, always, I call it my crudité. Um, this is something that my, my husband actually started doing for us, I mean, probably 15 years ago. And when I tell you we do this, like it's such a habit, clockwork. We just always, on the weekend, we chop up It's almost always the same for us. When I do the videos, I try to give people more options, but we almost always do um, celery, carrots, radishes, broccoli, cauliflower. We wash it all. We chop it all. We just have it in two bins ready to go. And, I mean, I use that for everything. If I'm mm-hmm. making tuna salad, I cut, I pull from those vegetables. If I'm making a regular green salad, I pull from those vegetables. If I'm feeding my kids something on the fly and I want them to have vegetables, I'll pull out the um, the broccoli and the cauliflower and I'll steam it really fast, put some olive oil, salt, pepper, and garlic powder and serve that as a side dish. Or I'll pull out the carrots and the celery and serve it to them with hummus. If somebody wants an omelet, I'll pull from that in the morning and chop it up. I just use that as like the bin to to build off of I just put it in everything all week long and even at night like if my kids want a snack they know like after dinner it's always like you can have carrots and celery or you can have an apple like that's it I'm not making anything else um popcorn every once in a while but um and I don't do that to be I do that because I'm just like it's it's easy and if you just want something that's like just for the crunch it's just having it there is so convenient and we use it for everything (laughs)
0: It's such a good simple tip. We do something very similar. We always have some sliced vegetables in the fridge and and my older daughter knows that she can go in and take them whenever she wants them. And she's not a huge veggie snacker. She's more into into fruit. But my husband loves it because he grabs them for work and he would not make himself a single vegetable just because (laughs) he's not the cook in our family and chopping vegetables just sounds too hard for him. Yeah. In the morning. And I mean, it is he's trying to get out the door to go to work. I work from home. He works outside of the home. And so he loves having having some vegetables on hand, too. But I love also having we typically do like the carrot, celery or peppers or something. But I also love having something that you can you can steam up ready to go too, because um, it just takes one step away. And when they're ready to prepare that you're a lot more inclined to make the vegetable, than, oh, I have to take the broccoli out and cut the stem off and chop. 100%. It the
1: 100%. I personally love salads and I always joke and say that I'm almost always willing to eat a salad but I'm not always willing to make it, which yes. is where, you know, meal prep comes in because when it's in there and it's ready to go, 90% of the time I'll choose it and want it and enjoy it. But if it's not then we're talking a whole other story. <laughs> right,
0: it's it's about creating that convenience for yourself mm-hmm. so that you can eat the food that you desire and is satisfying but is also going to nourish you. But you have to have it on hand or yeah. It is easy to just yeah. grab whatever or just grab that, you know, toast with almond butter which is a is a exactly. go-to in our house too. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's nice uh, to have uh, some some veggies on hand too.
1: <laughs> so true. Mm -mm -mm.
0: So we cannot forget your delicious recipes over on Clean and Delicious on YouTube. Our family, or me mostly, is I'm obsessed with your matcha balls, your energy balls. They're so good. And my daughter loves them too, but I I have to try and like... (laughs) contain her with them because she'll eat like six energy balls and I'm not sure how much caffeine is that actually is in a awesome. matcha ball. <laughs> um, well, my husband is actually half Japanese and I like I'm convinced it's like in her genetics that she loves all of these like really cool like not, like different foods that Americans aren't necessarily yeah. inclined to eat. Like she loves matcha, she loves green tea, um, and she really loves like seaweed and any, any form of sea vegetable. That's a complete aside. But she loves that. We, we all love the matcha balls. So I'm curious about What do you think the woman listening, um, knowing that, you know, you are, you know, the ultimate home cook, um, what do you think the woman listening needs in her kitchen to create nourishing recipes?
1: Um, uh, You know, I will say the very, very first thing that every woman needs to have in her kitchen is one good knife and a nice big cutting board. Mm -hmm. And not just have a good knife, take the time to learn how to use it, because if there's any tip that will save you time in the kitchen and make cooking more enjoyable it would be using your knife properly because it makes everything so efficient and enjoyable um so i would say that is definitely my number number one like if you don't own a good knife and you don't have an idea of how to use it properly just take a little bit of time it'll take you you know a few days to get the hang of it um and really try to get that down for yourself because it's a game changer um a few other tools that I oh, I love having on hands, I think everybody helps. Rimmed baking sheets. I feel like I use rimmed baking sheets for everything. Um, you know, if you want to roast something, if, you, if, if you're if you prepping food and you can kind of get all your ingredients in one place so it's kind of ready to roll when you're ready to make the ingredients. Um, some basic pots and pans. And again, that's funny because I feel like really, I'm not a big fan of saying go out and buy a big set. I think we all just need a few basics, you know, Mm -hmm. like a a 10 inch and a 12 inch. I mean, an eight inch, I would get an eight inch nonstick saute pan. That's just like your egg pan. And then a 12 inch saute pan. Those two pans, you're good to go. You get one smaller saucepan, Quarts, and then maybe a nice big one, like five or six quarts. It's really all you need, it's really the basics. Unless you're like cooking for a lot of people all the time and you need to have a lot of pots and pans going on the stove, you'd be surprised at how little you need to have a really efficient kitchen. I'm it's, sorry.
0: No, it's it's so true. I I agree. Um, I I was a personal chef for a, a number of years. That's that's what I did before. I, I really jumped into um, into nutrition coaching and. Mm. I would travel with most of my equipment and I had a couple clients who like I guess it was like 10 years ago almost now and so I don't even know if Airbnb was a thing but they would like rent houses when they would come into the city because I lived in a big city and there was nothing there so I would have to bring all my own equipment and that was literally what I brought with me was just like a couple pots a couple pans. Sometimes I would lug my Vitamix with me, depending on what they, yeah. they, what they wanted, because um, it, it was all nourishing, you know, real food. But yes. really, it, you don't need a lot. So I love that. I love that you're like, it's a knife and a cutting board, and I totally agree with you need a, a good knife and to know how to use it. And yeah, I you don't yeah, need I'm that. Yeah, I'm
1: like very anti-kitchen gadgets. I'm not a fan of gadgets that you use, other than the Spiralizer. The Spiralizer is probably the only mm-hmm. gadget that I actually use a lot but I recently, I was trying to uh, make like um, a recipe for clean and delicious. I was going to do zucchini lasagna. And I was like, forget it. I'm not doing this because you need to use a mandolin and it's too tricky. And I'm not doing it. And so as much as I want to make zucchini lasagna, I'm not making it because I don't want to deal with a mandolin.
0: You know, I don't love using a mandolin either. I remember being so nervous to use it back in culinary school. And I've never I've never purchased one. I've never used one.
1: <laughs> I know. I just find they're tricky to use. Even, even, even when I did have one, I always felt like, Why is this just it's not something I want to pull out and use on a daily basis. And I feel like if it's not practical and realistic, it's not welcome in my kitchen.
0: (laughs) And if you're not going to use it, there's no reason to have it, you know, taking up space. And I think that if you feel like you have to use a ton of fancy equipment to make healthy meals, then you're not going to do it. You're going to feel too overwhelmed. Trying to learn how to make yeah. healthy meals, and I think a lot of what you what you share are meals that are, um, are recipes that are delicious, but simple too, um, in the very best way, packed with flavor, but they're they're doable, and you're not using a ton of equipment, you know, aside from maybe you know a blender or a food processor or something. Yes, oh, I 100%. love that. So do you have any last advice for the listener who wants to live a clean and delicious life, whether it's mindset or meal prep or recipes? what is What else do you have to share?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I would say mostly to be easy. Be easy with yourself. Don't think that you need to have it all figured out yesterday. You know, remember that it's a journey and it's a practice and it's one small step at a time. And I like the practice of thinking, okay, I'm going to practice this one thing until it becomes a habit, right? Like we were talking about the breakfast, right? Like get that to where you're not thinking about it anymore and it's just what you do and then play with adding something new and know that like there's no race to the finish line and this doesn't all have to happen yesterday. And you know, like a mantra that I really love to correct my brain when it tries to think in a negative way. Um, so if you're mind, if you're trying, if you notice yourself beating yourself up or being hard on yourself, I love just saying to myself, you're doing, you know what? You're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. You are doing a really good job. And I just say it, I'm like, I just say it like a loop in my head. And I think it's really surprising how much you can steer yourself in a positive direction by just having your own back and saying things to yourself that are like kind and easy and encouraging, um, it just it, it keeps you out of the rabbit hole. And it just kind of keeps you steering on a path of ultimate health and wellness, in my opinion.
0: Yes, there there's definitely a mom listening who needed to hear that they are doing a mm-hmm. good job. And it is okay to tell themselves that they are doing a good job and remind themselves that that they're going to do a good job just to stay in that in that positive mindset. That's
1: beautiful. I mean, because even the fact that, that 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 we think about it this much, in my opinion, is proof enough that you're doing a really good job. Yes.
0: Yeah. That you care.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: So I have three final questions that I like to ask my guests just for fun, because I love food and I want to present food in a way that is joyful. And like we talked about is, you know, Mm. both pleasurable, pleasurable and nourishing to our bodies. So the first one is, what is your favorite thing to cook?
1: You know, my favorite thing to cook, it's less of a meal and it's more of so much of what I cook is, you know, for, for work and it's planned out. Um, So what I love is when I could just go in my refrigerator and get to just make food with whatever's in the refrigerator. Like, Mm -hmm. so a recipe free, not necessarily cohesive, just playing with all the pieces kind of meal. That's like my favorite thing to do. And it's one of my favorite type of evenings too. I love that.
0: So fun. You get to be creative.
1: Exactly. It's like play. It's like play to me.
0: Mm, I love that. So the second question is then what is your favorite thing to order or have someone else cook for you?
1: Mm. So I feel like nobody else cooks for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, so what's my favorite? I'm like such a, like depends on the season, depends on the environment. But I have my, you know what I always have is my, um, my final meal, right? So my last meal, it's like your last day on earth, what could you eat? And I do it for two seasons. So if it's the winter, it would be a martini with a steak, a caesar salad, and a side of fries. And if it's the summer, it would be oysters with chardonnay, a big Greek salad, and a side of fries.
0: (laughs) So good, I love that you've thought this out, and you have like a drink (laughs) pairing, and you have everything. Oh my my gosh, gosh. both of those meals sound delicious to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think them through. I think about these things, Kristen.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. So my last question for you is that we talk a lot on the podcast about finding your beautiful balance. So going beyond this, you know, obsessing over food and finding nourishment and pleasure in food and in life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you?
1: Hmm. I love that question. Um, you know, it kind of ties back around to what we've been weaving in all through this conversation. And I think it's about really allowing yourself to be in process, right? So caring more about the moment and what you need in a moment and how you feel in a moment than some idealized end goal or idea of like this perfection, perfect arrival, right? Um, and I think that that's really what balance is. It's the practice of being out of your mind and present in a moment and then allowing yourself to feed yourself whatever it is that's really going to create the most nourishing, enjoyable experience in any given day or moment.
0: Ah, oh, I love that. Allowing yourself to be in process. That is mm-hmm. that is so great. I think someone else needs to hear that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So could you share where my listeners can find you?
1: Oh, yeah. So um, so our weekly cooking show, it's on YouTube. Our channel is Clean and Delicious. Um, my My blog, my website is also clean and delicious. Um, that's where if you wanted to go to print the recipes and stuff, that's where you would find them all. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Everything is clean and delicious, clean and delicious, clean and delicious. Um, so really any of those platforms, I would say that, you know, if you're looking for the cooking show, it's YouTube. If you want to print the recipes, it's my blog. And if you're looking for more relaxed, casual conversation and q and Instagram.
0: So good. And I am going to go ahead and link um, a few of my favorite recipes of yours in the show notes because I love doing that. Whenever I have a guest on who creates delicious recipes, it's my favorite thing to share some of those. So I will I will share some of those with them, too. And and try and, and try and link up some of the ones that you some of the ideas that you mentioned as well.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris, or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.